0: Joshua chapter 11, verse 1, and it came to pass when Jabin king of Hazor heard thereof that he sent to Jobab king of Medan, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Atshaph too, and to the kings that were on the north in the hill country, and in the Araba south of Chinneroth, and in the lowland, and in the regions of Dor on the west. This king Jabin heard that Joshua killed all the people in all of these towns, which was about 9 towns so far. Jabin is going to come up with a plan of what to do about the Israelites. 3. To the Canaanite on the east, and on the west, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Jebusite, in the hill country, and the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. Those are all of the main pagans that live in Canaan. Four and they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with horses and chariots very many. Now when it says the sand that is upon the seashore, that's hyperbole, which is a figure of speech. Hyperbole is when we exaggerate to make a point. Like if I tell you I'm starving to death, you know I'm not starving to death. I'm just extremely hungry. Hyperbole isn't lying. It's figurative language, when it says as the sand upon the seashore, it means that it's so many people, there's no way you can count them all. 5. And all these kings met together, and they came and pitched together at the waters of Merim to fight with Israel. Merim means high place. They all gathered together in a high country to fight Israel. 6 And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow at this time will I deliver them up, all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hew their horses, and burn their chariots with fire. Hewing a horse is when you cut its tendon so that it can't run, but you don't kill it. So the horse can still walk and live, but it can't run anymore. God wanted to allow the horses to live, but he didn't want them to be used for battle anymore. God doesn't like horses used for battle so far in the Old Testament because he said that no Israelite king was allowed to collect horses, and now he wants the pagan horses hewn. Maybe that's because it makes it easier for humans to kill each other, and he doesn't like that. So maybe that's the same thing as when he put the fear of the animals in us when Noah left the ark, and that way it wouldn't be overly easy to kill the animals. And he's also telling Joshua to burn their chariots. He doesn't like people being able to travel quickly to kill you. He wants foot battles, which is basically more fair. 7. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him, against them by the waters of Merim suddenly, and fell upon them. Joshua is still on a roll. As soon as God told him that he was going to win the battle, he went straight up that hill to fight all of these, a huge amount of people from all the regions of Canaan. 8. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, and they smote them and chased them unto great Zidon, and unto Mizrathath Maim, and unto the valley of Mizpah eastward, and they smote them until they left them none remaining. They killed all the pagans that went to that battle. And the pagans that went to that battle weren't from the entire land of Canaan, but they were from every region of Canaan. 9 And Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him, he hewed their horses, and burnt their chariots with fire. They could no longer travel swiftly to fight in battle. 10 And Joshua turned back at that time, and took Hazar, and smote the king thereof with a sword. For Hazar before time was the head of all those kingdoms. Joshua took Hazar, at one point Hazar had been the capital of all of the surrounding kingdoms. It was no longer capital, but it used to be the capital. When he took that, that would make people very afraid and feel very weakened. 11 And they smote all the souls that were therein with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. There was none left that breathed any burnt hazer with fire. They kill people first, and then they burn the city with fire. That city was completely devoted. 12 And all the cities of those kings, and all the kings of them, did Joshua take, and he smote them with the edge of the sword, and utterly destroyed them, as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded. But they didn't burn all of the cities, they only burned Hazor. 13 But as for the cities that stood on their mounds, Israel burned none of them, save Hazor only. That Joshua did burn. God is killing the pagans because of their child sacrifice and prostitution. Now these cities are built on mounds, Probably for the same reason that Jericho was built on a mound, As we had read. Because it makes it harder to take over the city, Because you have to go uphill when you're trying to enter the city, Which is really hard if you're trying to go through a fortification uphill. But even though they were all on mounds, Israel still overtook them. 14 And all the spoil of these cities and the cattle the children of Israel took for a prey unto themselves, but every man they smote with the edge of the sword, until they had destroyed them, neither left they any that breathed. They killed all the people, but they did take spoil of the cattle These cities weren't actually devoted, but everybody died. 15 As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. This is a case in the Bible where one person fully 100% takes over the position of another person. And the Bible tells us this over and over, Joshua was like the second Moses. He was fully 100%. Um, having the same relationship with God that Moses had had. God told him things directly and gave him great success and gave him signs and wonders too. But Joshua doesn't have as many miracles as Moses because Joshua didn't lead them out of Egypt and through the desert for 40 years. 16 So Joshua took all that land, the hill country and all the south, and all the land of Goshen, and the lowland, and the Arabah, and the hill country of Israel, and the lowland of the same. This is the southern part of Israel, the valleys. And this could be another reason why those cities are built on mounds, could have been for flood control too, since they are in the lowlands, a lot of these cities. 17 From the bare mountain that goeth up to Seir, even unto Baal Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon, and all their kings he took, and smote them, and put them to death. These battles that we are reading about in the first few chapters of Joshua are taking place between the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea. And the hill country is a range of hills west of the Dead Sea. The lowlands are probably west of the hill country before you get to the Mediterranean Sea. Eighteen. And Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. And it would have taken a while for him to take over all those towns. 19 There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. They took all in battle. Gibeon was actually smart when they disguised themselves as travelers in order to make an alliance with Israel because they really truly did save their lives that way because Israel wouldn't have been allowed by God to willingly make an alliance with the pagans, so the other pagans basically didn't have a chance. The only reason the people from Gibeon lived was because they tricked Joshua. 20 For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts to come against Israel in battle, that they might be utterly destroyed, that they might have no favor, but that they might be destroyed, as the Lord commanded Moses. This is the second time in the Bible where God hardened somebody's hearts. He hardened Pharaoh's heart in Egypt, so that Pharaoh would keep telling Moses no, and then there would be more plagues and more plagues. And now he hardened these kings hearts, that they would want to destroy Joshua, so that Joshua would destroy them. But their hearts were already hard. They were already practicing witchcraft and occult and pagan rituals long before Joshua showed up. Just like the Egyptian Pharaoh was already worshiping the devil long before Moses asked him to let his people go. God took the hearts of these kings that were already hard and totally unrepentant and basically made them so that they would be stubborn in addition to that. When it says that God hardened their heart, it doesn't mean that he made them evil. They were already evil by their own personal choice, but he made them stubborn so that he could bring glory to his name and set his people free. He used their stubbornness against them. And God has every right to do this with us. When we continue in sin and we won't repent, he has every right to make us stubborn to glorify his own name. Have you ever noticed that when somebody persecutes you at work, or in the neighborhood, or at school, that they'll end up falling on their face eventually? If you don't fight back, and you don't defend yourself, and you don't do anything nasty toward them, eventually that person will fall on their face all on their own, and you won't need to defend yourself. And it's because God allows people to get stubborn and stupid so that they destroy themselves. And that's what he did with Pharaoh and that's what he did with all of these kings. 21 And Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim from the hill country. From Hebron, from Debor, from Anab, and from all the hill country of Judah. And from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. Now the Anakim, they are a clan of giants. And the hill country of Israel would be the hill range west of the Red Sea. 22 There was none of the Anakim left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod did some remain. So there were more Anakim left near the Mediterranean Sea, but not in the hill country. 23 So Joshua took the whole land, according to all that the Lord spoke unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel, according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land had rest from war. In the next chapter of Joshua, it's going to list exactly all the towns and places that Joshua conquered. And then in the following chapters, it's going to list how Joshua divided the land between all of the Israelite tribes. So that's what we'll learn about coming up. And that concludes Joshua chapter 11.